the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, and it's meeting time. And today we're going to continue our introduction of Step 8, that we made a list of all the people we've harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. And the key elements in this step are willingness, accountability, and forgiveness. It's in this principle that we continue to work on God's master plan for us by correcting our wrongs, seeking forgiveness, and forgiving those that have harmed us. In Luke 6.31, we call this the golden rule. It's written, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And step eight is a tough way of carrying out this golden rule. Trust me, none of this is possible if we rely on our own strength. And God knows how we struggle with these things. That's why these 12 steps of recovery in his master plan must be applied in order. Now, last week we learned as important as this step is, we must work on our own stuff first. So before we delve into this eighth principle, let's talk about our own stuff that must be dealt with. The stuff that has us wasting precious days, weeks, months, and years existing in this sinful disease of addiction. Addiction starts in our mind. And when we continue flooding the pleasure center of our brain with alcohol, drugs, gambling, pornography, overeating, or other sinful behaviors, we poison our brain. We short-circuit the sending units. And eventually, our pleasure center demands one thing and one thing only, more poison. And then we become physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally disabled. Physically, it's called compulsion. That's the continuous use of the poison of our choice with the inability to stop once we start. Mentally, it's called obsession, the overpowering urge to continue doing that which is destroying our lives. And spiritually, we develop a hole in our soul. We become spiritually void, barren. And like Adam and Eve, we try to hide from God. We isolate. We become self-centered, self-absorbed. It's all about me, me, and me. And emotionally, we acquire strange habits and insane, delusional, destructive thinking and reasoning. Denial, rationalization, justification, distrust, dereliction, degradation, loss of control, guilt and shame. And here's a big one, resentments of others that have hurt us. These are all the results of diseased thinking. Now, addiction, it's not only a disease. It not only creates sin, but it's demonic. And while in this crippled condition, Satan attacks the sinful nature that we have with a violent fury attempting to control our whole being. In Ephesians, the Apostle Paul warns us, 
We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Folks, addiction is spiritual warfare, and many of our struggle with this addiction, they're the results of direct attacks by spiritual enemies. This is unseen warfare that Satan wages against us. And in this life or death battle, is it any wonder why we can't be concerned about others? We have to work on our own stuff first. And that's where the first seven steps come into play. By the leading of the Holy Spirit in this spiritual warfare, he empowers us with strength, honor, love, growth, fulfillment, hope, and victory, all achieved by applying these first seven steps. In the Life Recovery Bible, they refer these attributes as gifts from God, gifts that are not only for our own self-preservation, but they're gifts to experience God's love and forgiveness in our lives, to experience the love and forgiveness for others, and learn how to forgive ourselves. These are gifts that help us realize the harm we've caused others and to take the action to make things right. Now, based on what we just learned, how important is forgiveness in this eighth principle? Well, let me tell you, without forgiveness, this eighth principle is ineffectual. Listen, in order to be freed from the guilt and shame we carry because of the harm we've caused others, we must seek forgiveness. In order to be freed from the bondage of anger and resentments we feel towards those that have harmed us, we must learn how to forgive them. And in order to put the past in the past, we must forgive ourselves. We need to give and accept forgiveness in all areas of our lives. This is how we rid ourselves of the chains of negative emotions and burdens. And if not, our recovery will be stalled, incomplete, and Satan will bombard our fragile minds with buried pain. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul pens, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, and all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. If that doesn't sound like Paul is telling you and me to apply step eight into our lives, I don't know what does. Paul was teaching us that God's standard for righteousness demands forgiveness. So let me share with you what I've learned and experienced about forgiveness. The first and most important forgiveness is extended from God to us. By the death of Jesus Christ, all our sins are canceled. They're paid in full. A free gift for those that believe Jesus accepted the penalty for our sins. Those that believe that Jesus is the only true higher power, Savior, and Lord. No matter how harsh the sins we've committed, the grace of God is sufficient. His forgiveness is complete. And in Romans ten nine, Paul promises, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, 
you will be saved. Have you accepted God's forgiveness today? Secondly, we must forgive ourselves. Many of us are victims of self-inflicted pain in the abyss of this dark, addictive lifestyle. And we carry with us excessive self-blame, guilt, and shame. And in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, we learn what God wants to do with the darkness of our guilt and shame. Come, let's talk this over. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. Though they're as red as crimson, they shall be white as wool, if you let me help you. Folks, no matter how worthless and unloved you may feel, God loves you. Jesus died for your sins, guilt, and shame. And as a child of God, our sins are forgiven. Look, there's no doubt in our act of addiction, we've done some bad things. But we have to remember, we're not bad people trying to be good. We're sick people trying to get better. And with the great physician's help, we get better. It's time to put the past in the past by forgiving ourselves and keep on keeping on. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a two-way street. You see, we need to forgive those that have harmed us. And this isn't an easy task. Some of us have been harmed in unspeakable violence, abuse, and neglect. And that births resentment and hate. And if it's left unresolved, these unbridled emotions can lead us right back to the imprisonment of addiction. We learned this in the scripture I asked you to reference, Matthew 18, verses 23 through 35. It's in this parable Jesus gives us a life lesson on forgiving others. There was a certain king that wanted to clear away any bad debt off his book, and one of his servants owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot of money, and he couldn't pay him. So the king ordered his family to be sold into slavery to pay off the debt. But this servant begged him for time, promising him he would pay his obligation. And the king's heart softened, and he forgave him the entire debt, which is an epic display of grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Well, the same servant was owed 300 talents by a fellow servant, and this fellow servant couldn't pay as well. But instead of extending the same grace and mercy given to him, instead of extending time to pay this obligation, he threw him into prison. And when the king heard what happened, he became furious. Having been forgiven a big debt, the servant was unwilling to forgive a smaller debt. So he paid a heavy consequence. He, too, was thrown into prison. And this life lesson is clear. God expects us to extend mercy to those that have sinned against us, just as he has extended grace, mercy, and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4.32, we're taught, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. My friends, if we're to achieve lasting recovery, 
forgiveness is required. And unless we rise above our own hurts and have mercy on others, we too will have consequences. Lasting recovery, peace, and freedom, they will elude us. Holding on to resentments and hate could very well throw us back into the prison of active addiction. Now, we must be aware that forgiveness is in no way excusing the harm done to us. But forgiveness is the key that will free you from being a prisoner in your own mind. One last thing. This type of forgiveness is humanly impossible. This type of forgiveness is supernatural, a gift from God. This type of forgiveness will be a struggle, no doubt, a process that may take a long time. And God knows this type of forgiveness is very difficult. And we must ask God for the willingness to clear away that side of the street. Romans twelve nineteen. Paul teaches, never take revenge. Leave that to God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. But if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Do not let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Simply stated, we must let go and let God. And this is all possible by one word, forgiveness. Amen. Next week, we're going to introduce the ninth step of recovery, that we made amends to such people, except when to do so would injure them or others. And I want you to reference Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.